Greetings this morning in Jesus' name. It's been a real blessing to be here this morning. Um, Just blessed with the songs we sang and the opening and the children's lesson. I uh, felt like this morning I was a little bit maybe uh, not quite complete in the message, and I think the opening kind of filled in a lot of gaps there, so appreciate it, brother. That was really good. I think as we go through this, you'll... If, you take, if you're taking notes, kind of make sure you took notes of the other message too, and it'll fit together really good. The title this morning <clears throat> that God has laid on my heart is The Tale of Three Bricklayers. And undoubtedly, some of you have probably heard that story, that there were three bricklayers working on a job. And someone decided to interview the three bricklayers, and he came to the first one and he asked him, what are you, what are you and what are you doing? And he said, I'm a bricklayer. I'm laying brick. I take one brick at a time and I put it in place and I, I'm, a, I'm a bricklayer. That's what I do for a living. Okay, and so he went to the second one <clears throat> and he asked, what are you doing? And he said, I'm a bricklayer. I lay bricks, and I'm working for this company or this whatever, and we are building a wall. I'm building this wall here. Okay, and so he went to the third one, and the third one, he said, what are you doing? You know, what, what, what are you doing here, and what are you doing? He said, we are building a cathedral with spires that will reach way up toward heaven, with arched doorways, with stained glass windows, with beautiful vaulted ceilings. We are building this cathedral so it will stand for generations to come where people can come for miles around to worship in this cathedral. That's what I'm doing. That was his attitude toward his job, but all three of them were picking up one brick at a time, putting mortar on it, and putting it in place. The first one, if you would have went to him, he'd probably say, yes, I'm making so many dollars an hour. And you say, well, I will give you a little bit more. He said, well, I need to let my boss know. I probably have to give him a week's notice, but... Yes, I will come lay brick for you. The second one would have been a little more hesitant. He said, well, I need to finish my part of the wall, and then I will come work for you. If you would have went to the third one, he might as well just have forgot it, because he had the vision in his mind of what was going to be completely done here one day, and it might have never even been complete in his generation. Many of those old cathedrals, it took a few generations to completely complete the cathedral. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 9 is our text verse here. It says, We are labors together with God. You are God's husbandry. You're God's building. And my point this morning is 
Are we laborers together with God? And if you go to some of the newer translations, some of the later translations, they would render this verse and they say, we are co-laborers working for God. And you say, well, that's, that's not that different. Well, it isn't really. But there's a difference between working for someone or working with someone. And you can see that in the story of the three bricklayers. Two of them were working for a wage. This was just their job. And as soon as the next job came along, they were gone with that. But the third bricklayer that had the vision of building a cathedral, he was working with the owner of the cathedral or the group that was building the cathedral. And as we look at this verse here, it says, we are labors together with God. There's a difference if that verse reads, we are, wor- we are labors working for God. And you're a hireling, you, you work for God. <clears throat> and my point is, the difference between with and for I believe, I'd like to go through this and bring out a few more verses here. If you turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, I think I'll read the whole chapter there. Flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in the time accepted. In the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses, in stripes and imprisonments and tumults and labors and watchings and fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. In other words, if we are working with God and God is dwelling within us, these circumstances of life make not that much difference. They make a difference, but, but it doesn't change our course in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. With God. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and beholding we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in our own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. 
Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness and unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. This is God's idea of wanting to live within us. He wants us to be labors with him, united in mind and soul with him, as labors together with God. And I think there's a difference. There's a difference if you are laboring in such a way with, with, with God that is living within you and, and working its way out from the inside out than someone that decides to, <clears throat> well, I'm going to do something good for God. And we, we look at, the, at God as a boss. We look at God as, a, as an employer. We look at God as someone that we need to do good for. And so we show up at work and we put on a smile and we work hard and the day is over, we go home. You see the difference of working with God or for God? <clears throat> and I think that most people would say, oh, yeah, I want to work with God. Until the hard times come. Here in, in verse 5, it says, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. And many people, when the testing comes and the trials come and the pressures of this world come, and the person that is only hired on for a wage decides, you know, it's too tough. I'm just, I quit. <clears throat> but here in, in verse 16, it says, or in 17, you know, in, in the last part of 16, it says, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I think that was God's heart for his people Israel. It's his heart for us today. <clears throat> in Colossians verse uh, chapter 1, verse 26, it leaves the thought of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ within us. Gives us that hope of glory. <clears throat> Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Down in verse 30 it says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of, of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 
Our faith must be in Christ in such a way that we know that he lives within us. It's his working within us. It gives us the power. In in chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, there it says, And I, brethren, when I come to you, come not with the excellency of speech or wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I am determined not to know anything among you and save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Many times there's leaders and people and organizations that rise up and they have a lot of wisdom and they have a lot of charisma and they get they can get a following together and they can get people to work for them and they have a, a large amount of success. We think of many organizations even like just take something real carnal like Walmart and the, the successful people that have come out of, that are surrounded around the Walmart corporation and it's a large corporation and they're very successful in the, in the, in the uh, eyes of the world. They, they are in every major city almost and sometimes more than once in a big city like Coralville and Iowa City both have a large Walmart and you would think uh, how can they do that? <clears throat> and there's a lot of wisdom of men behind this whole organization but they fall short of the power of God. Many, many large organizations like that can look like they're really doing a great thing, and they are. I mean, there's a lot of smart people there, and they've figured out how to, how to get your money and how to keep you coming back. <clears throat> but we have to recognize that it's just a worldly thing. It's a worldly wisdom, and we don't really need to be uh, too much associated with those kind of things of wisdom like that. We we want to be with God, with other people that walk with God. <clears throat> Walmart is a great thing, but you don't want to stay there too long. I don't think I would want to own stock in Walmart. I don't think I'd want to work for Walmart. I, I, I get out of there as soon as I can. I mean, if you don't, you'll go out of there penniless. I mean, there's just, it's like one, one dear brother said one time, he's an older man, he said, I was in Walmart once and I saw 10,000 things in there that I didn't need. But it's, Successful in the eyes of the world. It's success to entice people to buy things that they don't need. And they've become a a very, very famous organization. But it pales. It falls short when it comes to the power of God working in your and my hearts 
and making a difference in our lives of how we live and how we approach the world around us. It's completely different. <clears throat> Goes along with the uh, my next point is our wisdom is heavenly wisdom. We don't work with wisdom, the earthly wisdom. I mean, there's thing we need earthly wisdom for for things that we do day to day, but our spiritual our spiritual health depends on heavenly wisdom. <clears throat> Verse 6 says, Howbeit we, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, and yet not the wisdom of this world, nor are the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world into our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the thing which God, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. <clears throat> but God hath revealed unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which men's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. <clears throat> if we do not have that heavenly wisdom, we may be very wise in the things of this world. We may become as rich as the owners of Walmart. But we're going to fall completely short in the day of judgment. And even they, they do many good things. They help charities. They do a lot of things. And we could do a lot of good things with our money. But they would have to reckon that they are working. If they do work with God, for God, it's for God and not with God. <clears throat> Over in chapter 6, it says our, our bodies <clears throat> are the temple of the Holy Ghost in verse 19. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, ye are not your own. I think God would want to come and dwell within each one of us and take up dwelling in there and be the boss. Our bodies belong to him. <clears throat> in 15 it says, Know ye not that your, that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid or members of whatever you want to put in there. The wisdom of this world, the things of this world. Can, can that 
How much room is there inside your body for Christ to be there? And how much more can we put in there with him that it works out right in the end? That's the question that all of us must answer. Verse 17, it says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. If we are born again and we are joined unto the Lord, we we are one spirit with God. And I believe in my heart that if that is our experience, we recognize that we are one spirit with God. We are one. Our bodies, even our very bodies, our physical bodies, are the temple where God lives. We'll make you a different bricklayer. We'll make me a different bricklayer. we're bought with a price, a great price. I think that is why that it was God's design from the beginning that we would be labors with him, not just for him in our spare time or not just for him when it suits, not just for him when the price is right, but with him. <clears throat> the um, in Second Corinthians five seventeen and eighteen, there it talks about us being ambassadors. An ambassador is someone in a foreign country representing another country. And so, if we are ambassadors, that means not only are we the dwelling place that the Spirit of God dwells within us. But we are here as a representative of, a, of another kingdom. <clears throat> that takes it a step farther yet. Not only are we helping to build the cathedral for God, but we are also representing God. And that means that we do things his way. We're in connection with the other kingdom. And the other kingdom is what what decides what color bricks and what pattern to lay them in, how tall to make the doorways and how wide to make the windows and what color the glass goes in the windows. We are ambassadors for the king and the king has decided it. It's kind of really of a neat Neat illustration when you go and look at how God and Moses had this all figured out, how the temple was to be built long before it was ever built. And God laid out, you know, I want you to, I want you to do this and I want you to do that and I want you to make this this color and this is going to be this color and this is going to be this big and this is how you join the posts together and and this is how you make the sockets and this is how you make the tenons and it's such an uh, such a a marvelous plan that God had for the temple and and he laid it all out to his ambassador and said now you go that was actually for the tabernacle that was in the in the wilderness but he's like okay now this is what I want you to do 
And this is why I told you to bring that gold from Egypt, because we're going to lay all this over with gold. And uh, if you think that God is not a God of order, go, go back and read that sometime. It's a beautiful passage there of all the details that God wanted in the tabernacle. <clears throat> we see clearly in our Christian experience, God wants a with attitude and not just a for attitude. <clears throat> Human relations are designed by God to work better in the same way. God has designed us. Our emotions and our, our makeup as human beings, we work better with each other than we do alone. There's just something about that. I mean, there's times when you get tempted, you just say, well, just, I just want to take a little boat and sail down the Mississippi out in the middle of the river where I'm all alone and I'll just never be back. The current will take me only one way and I'll just do my own thing and it'll be peaceful out there and I'll just let my boat just float with the tide all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. And you can just have all your troubles and that's just be just fine and I will just get in my little boat and I will just sail away into the sunset. But that's not God's way. <clears throat> I think all of us are tempted sometimes to just go hide somewhere and just be ourselves. Just stay out of my life. Just I just need to be alone. And we all need a little time alone. But at the end of the day, we still need someone. We need each other to work together. And that's the way God designed us. And it's part of that pattern that God wants even for us to, as we work with him. He wants that fellowship with man. God wants that. He wanted it with Adam and Eve in the garden. He wants it with us. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross to reconcile us back to God where we could have that with relationship with God. <clears throat> you know, there's exceptions in the modern world. There's a place, there's places for you to, to go work for someone and not really with them. You know, you may need to make some money and you need to go have a job and, and it's okay to go work as a hireling. I'm not downplaying all that. There's a place for that. You need to go and earn some money to pay your bills. I don't think that's that's wrong. It's just that <clears throat> for the long term and the long haul, we need to work around people that we can work with. We can share hearts with. We can share our emotions with. We can, we can together conquer the world with, not just for. Even marriage works so much better in the with setting. In fact, so much so that that's God's design. And, and the world around us proves that even marriage won't even last for any length of time without the with attitude. If it's just for me or just for you, and it's not a with you, it's just not going to last. Those kind of things just don't last. God designed our emotions to need each other. And we need trust and acceptance. We need the with each other 
attitude. We need that. We need it in our homes. We need it in the church. We need cathedral builders in our lives. We need that. You can make the applications. <clears throat> How many times you look, look back and you say, you know what? If I'd have had a little more of a with idea or with attitude to that, that situation would have been completely different when it came out on the other end. At work, at home, in the church. Wherever we come in contact with God's other people, with, with like-minded believers, where it is safe to, to have a together attitude. I think it's, it's God designed us to need each other. We need to work with each other. We need to honor each other. And I didn't go through and, and look at all the, the scripture references of, you know, there's many that come to mind, you know, in honor preferring one another above ourselves and, and just on and on. But I think God designed us to be cathedral builders, to have the big picture in mind and not just do our own thing, not just, well, I'm a bricklayer. I lay brick. Want me to lay your brick too? <laughs> I'll come lay your brick. I'll lay, I'll lay anybody's brick that wants to pay me. I'll, I'm a bricklayer. I think God would rather that we had a vision of, of the big picture. <clears throat> May that be our idea. May that be our ambition as we, we seek to build the church, as we seek to build our homes, our families, the body here and with other bodies around us. May God give us a vision that we're building a cathedral. We're building for eternity. We're building for the long haul. We're building for future generations. And that can only be done together with visions of, of what we can do together, not just what I can do by myself. <clears throat> you can add on top of that all the how to do it spiritually. <laughs> Thank you, brother, for sharing all that. I didn't have, didn't have the energy to dig into all of that, but I think it just works together. As we're spiritual, we seek to walk in, in true spirituality with God and with each other and with God. It just makes it so much different. May God bless you. <clears throat>